Did you know Bold Commerce has some of the best apps to increase the size of almost all your orders? Maybe you're looking to run store-wide sales with countdown timers. Boom! Bold Discounts will run your scheduled promos with just a few clicks, no coupon codes required. Or maybe you're looking to maximize average order value. You could count on Bold Upsell, Bold Motivator, or Bold Bundles. With Bold Upsell, you can offer product upgrades, cross-sales, or complimentary products as free gifts. With Bold Bundles, you could boost average order value by bundling a few products or an entire collection so that your customers can mix and match items to get a discount. Now, hey, when was the last time you made an online purchase and saw a message like, spend 15 more dollars for free shipping? With Bold Motivator, you could do that same thing and more. Offer free shipping, free product, or even a percentage off the entire order. Pick and choose which apps are best for you, or use them all to boost conversion at an average order value. With free bold apps for 14 days, there's no excuse not to try and boost your sales this year. To get this special offer, go to boldcommerce.com slash Kurt. That's boldcommerce.com slash K-U-R-T. Baby, you're uh, a woman in love, and I love what it's doing to you. Ew. You taught me that song. I did. <laughs> I learned it from Glee, where it was also meant to make everyone uncomfortable, and did. So, where have you been, Paul Rita? Uh, I spawned. You, you, you. I had a baby. I didn't have the baby. I, I was going to say you personally. I mostly stood there while people did things to my wife. And then at the end, there was a baby. And is this a life-changing event? Yeah, it's been, it's been a, you know, officially, it's a change-of-life event, according to government standards. I mean, like, beyond the U.S. government's <laughs> definition, in which they say, we define this as a change-of-life. No. Uh, yeah, no, I got a baby. It's crazy. I love it. I'm glad. I really like the baby. I enjoy... I had trepidation about the baby. Yeah, I was terrified as well. My wife had to talk me down, but... Now that I'm a full-fledged parent, I love it, and I, I will say uh, parenthood looks good on you, no, Mr. Thanks. Rita. Yeah, you know, I like it. Uh, I think I have a really easy time at it because, as I've mentioned before, my wife was a night shift nurse, so... She's been training for this. Well, <laughs> yeah, it's like, for most people, having a newborn baby is like a radical altering of your life. And for my wife, it's like, she just got a way better job. Like she just <laughs> had her old job and now it's just way better. She only has one patient. It's very tiny. It can't talk back. It does whatever she makes it. She can just make it do whatever she wants. And the diapers are like one quarter of the size. Uh, it's really easy. We're like one eighth. Ah, Those newborn diapers are tiny. I don't know. The baby's two feet tall. I don't think the baby's going to become six feet tall. That's, that's the... We're going by height? I don't know. I don't know how we size diapers. I don't know how we size people. <laughs> I mean, I, I guess we should you, use yeah, like you go by weight... Total cubic the, mass the is baby, how I would do it. The baby's like 11 pounds. So, yes, the baby would be 10 times bigger than maybe. I measure myself in cubic centimeters. Okay, well, I can't, don't have that at hand. But, yeah, no, my wife is just like, this is fine. This is great. I love it. And I'm like, Cool. I'm going to bed. Have fun. <laughs> and on that note, this is the unofficial Shopify podcast. I'm your host, Kurt Elster. Ew. Oh, I hit the wrong sound. I'm your host, Kurt Elster. Tech nasty. Better. And I'm joined by my co-host and this show's producer, Paul Rita. Ew. All the listeners are my children. I, I see. Well, you know, they can. Yeah, I've got nothing for that. I want to change the little pee butts. <laughs> you're you're on fire with this one i really i'm struggling to, to I'm keep chipper. up i'm back i've been gone for six weeks you did great i got to go on paternity leave and like barely work for six weeks and you held down the fort and i super appreciate it it was great uh and then i went on a cruise so <laughs> that was my payoff it all worked out uh but i'm glad i'm thrilled today we are answering our listeners also known as paul rita's adopted children we're answering your burning e-commerce questions. 
And so we did a, an AMA. We have been overdue on doing a, an Ask Me Anything in our Facebook group, the unofficial Shopify Podcast Insiders. And so we got some, some good questions. We are going to go over that in this episode. That's all we're discussing, eh, except I lied. But first, we have some housekeeping to go over because Shopify is on fire with some new releases. So we got an updated version of the Shopify Flow app for our Shopify Plus folks who do automation in their stores. And uh, they, what else we got? Uh, Shopify partnered with Chinese e-com giant JD.com. If you're not familiar with it, uh, it is the other, uh, it's the alternative to AliExpress. JD is huge, JD.com. I, I was not familiar with it, if I'm honest. But uh, what this means for Shopify merchants specifically is U.S. merchants are going to be able to fast track selling their goods into China with this program. It's like both, on, it sounded like it is both online sales channel and an accelerator, a program. Like, I was like I, can I ask you questions about this? Like, because right, so I saw I, the headline. I read, a, I read uh, a couple articles and some press releases, so I really don't. Is it essentially like, you know, fulfilled by Amazon, but it's fulfilled by JD.com, and that's how Chinese people would access your store is via fulfilled by JD.com? And they, they act as the people in, in as store owners in America would act with Amazon. That's what it felt like. Okay. I'm not sure, but I saw like they'll G, this this uh, program does the translation for you, gets advertised to the products, gets it into the country. It sounded good. So they also they've got Shopify Balance is their their new thing announced today is the day of this recording. Uh it's a no-fee business bank account that lives inside your Shopify admin. So just like every conceivable tool that you need to run and start an online store, Shopify's just adding it into the admin. Like we saw it with when Shopify payments just became a native thing inside your admin. Now they're like, look, the payouts had to go elsewhere. Why can't they live here and stay with us, right, in our admin? Yeah, and like, so, yeah why give them money to a bank when you could give them your money to a company that's not a bank? Shopify Balance <laughs> is an alternative to a bank. Oh, that's safe. Oh, as if <laughs> I know. Shopify's, as if you like banks. I know. Who likes banks? <laughs> well, they do hold the money. Only because they don't have an alternative. <laughs> this is pretty all right. A so reliable the, alternative. Right, so I, I know. It's just weird though. It's like, well, now you got a Shopify card. This is like banking. There's like regulations around banking. I assume. They know what they're doing. Oh, yeah. That's a great, great sentence. There's a legal counsel involved. <laughs> there were contracts and lawyers. The debit card's really cool. It's black, so Shopify, it's vertical. I'm out on black cards. Oh, really? Yeah. They're like, all, all cards are black all now? All cards are black now. Come on. Here's the thing. I have that Apple card. It's solid white. It immediately turns filthy. Yeah, I read that. Mine's just, it's like gray and dingy. Whereas the black card, you don't have that issue. Because that's how I choose my debit and credit cards is based on color and cleanliness. I just have a series of um, Italian beef juice jars buried uh -huh. around my property that I keep my cash in. Okay. Yeah. And do you have a treasure map for those? Y you know you know the spots. That makes sense. You know the spots. <laughs> You're out there, like, digging up your irrigation system. <laughs> oh! Uh, let's see. And then uh, the other notable release... They expanded the native meta fields that we had seen pop up in uh, product pages last year to now uh, they've been added to orders, collections, and customers. Yeah, and we had a couple ideas over the course of Q3 and Q4 where we had a thing we wanted to do for a client, and then we were like, oh, we do that with meta fields. Oh, it's on a collection page. Oh, they're not giving us collection meta fields yet. Well, they're here. So they're here. They have delivered. Let's jump into our AMA. So that we can do some some asking and answering. You have returned. Let's you start the first one off. Uh, Brendan McFarlane. Uh, I struggle with using different SEO for similar items. I sell jewelry. Do you have any tips? I don't. <laughs> That's right, so not my job. <laughs> we're not we're not SEO experts. However, the the question I the subtext of this question is, I've got I need SEO for similar items. I sell jewelry, and so one of the the things in SEO is you need to have unique content per page to make sure that all of the pages will show up in search results. And you, you don't want that duplicate content issue to come up. And so I think the, the answer here is, well, every, everything has to have a unique description. 
but depending on how many listings she has, that's not practical. So if you've got, so it, A, number one, you want these listings to be as distinct as possible. Uh, you want them to be longer if possible, not needlessly so. I like to treat them as um, uh, a sales letter, your product description. will always make life easy. This has been my advice in the past. But all right, let's say you've got 500 items. It's just not realistic uh, to do that. It's certainly not to do it all at once. So I would take the the Pareto's principle approach and just apply it to the top products. Um, and what's really cool, Shopify now, they have the ABC analysis report. I love this thing. It is a report that grades your products ABC, and it tells you the A products, they're like, these are the ones that make you the most money. C, this is the stuff that... Uh, if it's here, it's a necessary evil, and otherwise you should probably get rid of it, and B is just like everything else. So really, you run that report, and then just work through in order of uh, revenue, units sold, um, writing great descriptions for just those A products. Like, they don't all have to have fabulous descriptions. Now, I'm sure there's a lot of subtext here, and there's reasons. And Yeah, I, I, I'm just making, making up a scenario here, but it's like if she's selling rings, and there's sort of like a base ring, and then she has like, different stones inside the ring are it's those like, different listings are those or one different listing? listings or the same listing and then it's like oh well you can get like you know little shoulder stones to either side of it is that like another variant option on the same product or is that like this band you know it's made up say every ring has like four parts say there's like a band and the bands could all be different and it's like what is the center stone and like what's like shoulder stones yes no then like what those are so it's like, is that all, is that one product listing? Is that a hey, hundred product listings? Now you want to make this really complicated? And then you hit the variant limit. And then, yeah, then you whack into the hundred variant limit. Oh, I hate that thing. Um, the, where this gets really weird is what if they're all one-off items? Yeah. She hand makes, she hand crafts one unique ring. It sells, it's sold out forever. You get those issues with like vintage stores too, resale stores. And so that it's like, I guess you just got to put in the work to write a unique description every time. That's tough. I mean, yeah. And I mean, what if there's like a thing? What if there's like a paragraph that applies to all the rings? That's like our rings are handcrafted in the volcano that blew up in Tonga and like, you know, all that sort of stuff. Like if you have that on every product description, is that bad? I don't think so. Okay. No. Do you know so? I don't know so. Okay. My experience tells me that... You're not just going to get, like, kicked off the internet because too many of your descriptions are too similar. That's just not a thing that's going to occur. I mean, what what is the similar page penalty, like, how similar does it got to be? I'm sure there's a percentage to it. But essentially, the, the duplicate page penalty, it's not so much a penalty as they just go, all right, these two, these two pages are so similar that we're just going to take the one that is pu either published sooner or or has the most internal links to it. And we like that's, they're just gonna show that one more than the others. That's the risk to they all have identical copy. And again, truthfully, I'm really well, not an title, SEO expert. I, mean, I, assume, I assume very much that the title of the product is different. So at least you have like an H1 that's completely different. That's a good point. On yes. the product. Um, and like maybe if they have different options. And the images, does Google care that the, the images are different? Do they know that? I would think they know that, okay. especially at like an e-commerce page where it's it's written into structured data. Yeah, I mean, and Shopify like really gives Google. The, yeah, the, a, a properly set up Shopify theme describes the page to the machine. Yeah, and so like the machine can see the differences. Yeah. So maybe it's not that big a deal thing to worry about. Yeah, at least in here. But I, I think that's the approach is, okay, what sells the most? Give that a longer, better description. Uh. Braden Steffenshine, can you go over the new meta fields, collections, customers, orders, added in Shopify, and best use cases, examples, and utilizing them? What? Let's start at what the heck is a meta field? All right. A meta field is a little piece of information. Like you create like a bucket in Shopify that's like a meta field, and it's like you're creating your own piece of information. Like it's going to be on a product page. It could be like a little tagline. That's like our best selling item or like make your face look prettier or whatever. It's just like a little one line thing. So you I could jam in there. I could add a bonus field, like a little bonus that field. I define yeah. what it is. Yeah. Like think about your product 
um, your product listings on the back end of Shopify. You know, there's all those fields you got to fill out. You could create bonus fields that there's more fields you have to fill out. So currently it's like, title, price, description, and then I could be like title, price, tagline, yeah, tag description. Line, or like hero image. That's like a big image that appears below the product form. That's like the full bleed width of the page. Okay. And then like, so you could create all those and then you, those will now appear on the product listing and then you just fill them out you upload the giant hero image or you type in what your cool little tagline buzz line is and all that sort of stuff and then it can be different for every single product on the store handled on that product page and that's product meta fields and so it's the same thing you do the same thing with collections where you have your back-end collection listing there's extra fields you could fill out there and like putting in extra little pieces of information um that being said someone needs to go into the code and make that meta field available, like put in the little code snippet that calls the meta field and like put it into the page. So the meta okay. field actually appears on the page. And this is another thing with sections everywhere where you could create sections and those sections can be populated by meta fields and you got to create the meta field, but then maybe you don't have to go in the code. You just have to create a section for it and then have select that oh this section section is going to be populated by this meta field it's and, a huge pain in the ass uh it's really powerful and awesome and can make your pages really cool but you gotta you really gotta figure out what you're doing it, yes so yeah you're essentially they're saying hey we've opened up our shopify as a content management system we're opening up a big chunk of this to you where you could define your own content structure variables. your own taxonomy yeah yeah your variables like custom fields for for product pages which is really helpful for those longer form product pages. And then, and stuff like, all right, this is, you know, I've got my H1 as my product title. What's my H2? Oh, I can add that as a custom, as a meta field now. And meta fields were, have been around for years, but it was powered by an app. And the apps like all took different approaches to it. So it's a little weird. And now Shopify is saying, hey, this is native. So it really support for it is much improved. Um, and we, we had been using meta fields and this new system is even easier. So we like it. And now they're saying, all right, now we're going to give you that same thing in other places. For a collection, this is the helpful one. Oftentimes on a collection page, maybe you know, we're feeling a little limited. We've got title, description, and image, and that's it, similar to the product page. Well, what if I want more info? What if I want a description at the top and the bottom? Okay, I could do that with split, yeah. but hey, I don't want to do that. The meta field will let me add that. Yeah. So I can add these extra description fields in there. Maybe there's a sidebar. I can add that in there. Or um, we've done some really complex things in the past where we have like a promo, like the fifth in your collection, you got a collection with 20 things on it, and the fifth product gets replaced with like a promo. Or um, like a video. Or a video explaining it. Yeah, or like, you know, of one of the blocks, you there's like all the products being listed out, and then we actually inject a video that's like the same height as all the product listings in there. So it really fits in with the flow of the grid and all that. You can define that video in the meta field for that collection. Yeah. Or just like stick in the URL. Yeah, for and it's the like a, you know, it's a, it's a big thing to like break the collection grid like that. And so it's easier with meta fields where you're like, well, if this meta fields filled, if the video meta fields filled out, do this, but if it's not filled out, do this. And if it is filled out, when you break it, inject this video, whatever video has been uploaded in the meta field and sort of do all that. It's, it's just easier GUI tools to make changes to individual things on the store. Because under the old templating system, if I made a change in the collection template, but only wanted it to be on one collection or on two collections or whatever, I'd have to do a bunch of stuff or I'd have to create an entirely separate template for that collection. And then maybe if I do that five times, now I got five different collection templates that that were like, oh, by the way, on all the collections, we want to do this. Well, now you got to do that five times. And it's like a huge pain in the ass to wrangle all these templates. Well, and now you don't have to. More importantly, the old, that old, those old approaches that you just described all live in the theme. Yeah. So that also means I have a good chunk of content living in the theme. And it's like in, and then you want to change in a content themes. management system, you want to try and separate style versus substance. So design and content. So I want as much of the theme to not have content stored in it. And Metafields really gets us out of that. So I like that. As far as like you know, the customers and orders Metafields, um, 
I would imagine that's more useful for customers. Like, great, I can use Shopify as a, a more as a CRM. Like, currently, you're probably using Shopify plus uh, an, an email system like Klaviyo. And then Klaviyo, I could set custom properties on customer profiles. And so this really, adding meta fields of customers, I have not done it. I would imagine it's so you can do those things, like the, store those custom properties. Um, like birthday would be an example. Or like this is, you know, the topic I'm subscribed to in a newsletter. And then for orders, I would suspect that's more for like ERP integrations. So we could store like some bonus data that the ERP needs to know. Yeah, maybe if, I'm there's, like, out loud. Maybe if there's like a this product gets like a pack-in thrown in with it or something ah, like that. There you go. Yeah. yeah, something to that effect. Or even just like more complex order notes or gift notes. Yeah, but the pack-in is, that's a smart, smart example. How can you increase your Shopify sales by 10 to 15% overnight? This is not mission difficult, Mr. Hunt. It's mission impossible. Don't worry, Tom Cruise. This mission isn't impossible. Just use Zipify one-click upsell. Got mobile optimized offer pages that drive sky-high conversions, plus built-in split testing for maximizing your results. It's no wonder one-click upsell has made its users an extra $162 million in sales. And it only takes a few minutes to install the app, launch your first upsell, and start generating 10 to 15% more revenue overnight. To start your free 30-day trial, go to zipify.com slash Kurt. That's Z-I-P-I-F-Y dot com slash Kurt, K-U-R-T. And to get an unadvertised gift, email help at zipify.com and ask for the Tech Nasty bonus. Tech Nasty. Uh, we got Dan McClen. Uh, I run a Shopify jewelry store in the UK and I'm looking to expand in the US. I have a .co.uk and a .com, which I set up using Shopify's geo settings so it automatically picks the correct currency, but it's the same website. So mainly set up for the UK. Uh, he's got a huge opportunity rate, but the .com has a low conversion rate or whatever the US people get a low conversion rate because it's obvious it's a UK business. You guys even spell jewelry differently. Do we only do it with one L? Yeah, we have one L. He has two oh, L's. Oh, so Brendan McFarlane also used two L's. Secret Brit. Uh, <laughs> do you think this is putting people off? Yes. Is there a way to replicate my store without setting up a whole new Shopify store, but be able to edit certain parts of it? What are the SEO implications? All right, hold on here. Listen to this last line. All right, so he's identified the problem. Is I'm trying to sell overseas for him. He's trying to sell into the U.S., but the U.S. customers are resistant to buy from overseas. And he's got, so he needs to make it more localized. Yeah. And so he needs more flexibility in the store. And then he says, hey, is there a way to replicate the store without setting up a whole new store, but be able to edit certain parts of it without SEO implications? Well, it sounds like you're like, look, setting up a second store, which will give you complete and total flexibility and like utterly granular controls. And you already know how a Shopify store works. So now you got to manage two of them, but you know how it, how to do it, how it works. Instead of that, you're like, let me set it, because that's a lot of work. Let me come up with a really convoluted process to try and have only certain parts of the site change things to make it more localized. You're just trading one set of headaches for another. I would just, if I want, if I really want the control over regionally localized stores, I would run separate stores. Could he do... I don't know, whatever, dancejewelry.com and then have like uk.dancejewelry.com and us.dancejewelry.com. Yeah. And there are two separate Shopify stores on the back end using different subdomains. Mm -hmm. But the SEO reads that as a single store, right? Because it's the same URL. There's, yeah, there's a, a meta tag that you use to do this. And it's, I know there's a way to get them associated. So that's the way to do it then. Yeah. And there's also the Shopify markets feature, which is meant to directly address the issues he's describing, mm -hmm. but it, it's coming soon. Okay. So, 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 so I was wondering, because I remember Shopify was talking about that a lot, but you know, I didn't know if they But it's even in anything. settings. Like if you go in the settings in your admin, you'll see like markets coming soon. Okay. So, so the yeah. fact that it's in, already in your admin suggests it's that really like- a tease. Yeah. But it also suggests like that- that's genuinely coming soon? Yeah. So I think he wants to set up two stores under, he wants to set up two stores. Uh, yeah. I would make, I would Americanize all the spelling, get rid of all of the unnecessary use, I feel. And 
uh, spell jewelry the right way. Uh, I, if I was shopping from a store and I found out it was from overseas, my worry would be shipping costs. That's the immediate. It's like, I know I'm going to pay more for shipping. I've, I've had stuff just disappear in customs yeah. or like sh- you, it's gone. The tracking stops updating. And then around the time I've forgotten about it, like six months later, it just appears. So I think, yeah, I think the biggest problem, the biggest worry on the mind of his UK shoppers is going to be different than the biggest worry on the mind of his US shoppers. Yeah. So maybe I would, he could address it. Like yeah, you got to address it. I feel uh, like reshipping I, insurance. Yeah. I would hide that you're in the UK as much as possible. Other than like, you know, on the about us page, just be but like, what yeah. happens when the order ships and it's from the UK? Is the person going to be like, are they going to be mad? No, I don't think they're going to care. I just think the problem is I'd hide it the whole time other than on like the, on the about us page that you're in like, you know, Stratford Berkshire. <laughs> and then obviously your ship, the shipping is going to be different. He's going to have to charge for shipping. I assume, I don't know. And so he's got to have a reason to be like, we ship from the UK. That's better because. Yeah, the jewelry is better when it comes from the, Diagon Alley. Because the queen touched it. I don't know. And then <laughs> the, there you go. There's just going to be a string one star reviews <laughs> that <laughs> all you spell that? color with a U. bad about the queen? <laughs> I watched the crown. She's had quite a life. Man, people love that show. I've yeah. not seen it. Hopefully she's not dead by the time this comes out. Oh, jeez. <laughs> girl. They're keeping her in a box. They don't want her to be like Betty White. <gasps> but just before the finish line, what? doesn't make it. You're really full of hot takes this episode. <laughs> I haven't talked to these people in weeks. I haven't talked to my children in weeks. And you're like, all right, number one, I'm going to shock and scar you. <laughs> That's priority one. That's what a good dad does. Priority two, education. It helps them remember. So the answer is like, hey, you just got to bite the bullet and do the separate stores if do you want to do it stores. right. Do the, do the separate stores. Do the subdomain trick. And then talk to someone smarter than us about SEO in order to like only to like mitigate whatever SEO implications might be. And I think come to the understanding that you have two separate audiences. Aha. Uh-huh. I mean, there's going to be like, there's going to be a lot of crossover in that Venn diagram, but it's still going to be separate because of the shipping issue. Yes. The international shipping issue. You're absolutely right. Frequent commenter Clifford Shakan says, what's the best pizza in Chicago? We're known for deep dish. I want to I open with, I was thinking about joking about this one, but this is not a laughing matter. One, we don't eat deep dish constantly. Isn't that funny? It's a sometimes food. It's like once every three months, maybe. It's been at least a year since I've eaten deep dish yeah, pizza. It's a stereotype. The actual Chicago pizza is thin crust, tavern style, square cut pizza. The bar pizza. Yeah, that's actual Chicago pizza. The yeah. deep dish <clears throat> is like a fun little side piece like that's not what we're really it's regional doing. it came from here yeah, all right sure. but what's the give me your favorite deep dish all right, well the best deep dish is definitely pequods all right i agree uh, with you yeah it's pequods without question uh of the three big chains there's like three big deep dish chains there's giordano's lumonati's and gino's, and gino's east. east giordano's i would say is the best one it used to be gino's east but they really cratered about a decade ago i used to a lot worse i felt gino's east was the best as they well were. Now I think it's just like flip a coin between Lou Malnati's and Giordano's. Yeah, they got bought out by like a PE firm and they really wrecked Gino's. So Giordano's is the best unless you can get Pequod's, which is definitely the best. Yeah, it's independent, family owned. Yeah. It's good. Uh, square cut, uh, my fave is Dino's on Higgins. Oh. Yeah. That okay. was my, that's my ancestral family pizza place from where I grew up eating Dino's. So that's my favorite. It might not be the best. I'm going to go with uh, Barnaby's. I, I've never liked Barnaby's. Barnaby's uh, licenses their recipe to other pizza places. Oh, yeah? Yeah, that's how, that's a good one. There was a place. They uh, put the cornmeal on the crust? That's critical for me. There was a place on Kedzie. I forget what it was called, but I lived across the street from it when I lived on Kedzie. That place was good, too, just south of the Kedzie Brown line. It's where I'd take all my dates when I was dating and single. I would take, it was like a bar that had pizza, and then whenever I went on a date, I would be like, oh, you know, there's like this cool quiet bar pizza place not far from my house like you want to go meet there for the date and they'd be like oh sure of course and i'd be like literally across the street from my house i'd go on a date be three minutes <laughs> i'd leave three minutes before the date started it was awesome i like that we just found out how paul rita would run game <laughs> that's where i met my wife oh see it works yeah she li- yeah and pizza's so good it gets you married yeah and well yeah and i was just like you want to go back to my place it's and now right- you have a baby i was like it's right there all because Turn of the around, pizza it's right there 
Uh, here's one a little loaded. Anthony Watts, what's the best 2.0 store you have found? Design slash speed, et cetera. So it doesn't matter. Yeah. Online store 2.0, it's like a, it's a feature set. If I'm just looking at a store from the outside, I really can't identify it yeah. as one versus the other. I'm just going to say it. Sections Anywhere really doesn't do anything for us. Because I'm so into meta fields. Like we're, well, we're into meta fields and we know how to actually wrangle the back end of the store. So we're kind of like, I'm not dealing with that shit. It's like, you know. I mean, I like that a homepage section works through all other sections. That's Sections Everywhere does that. It, That's a nice feature. What it's essentially, it's like if you were making, if you were formatting a document, would you do it in Word and then highlight all the things and then click the little button that makes it italicized and then highlight this word and then click the button that makes it bold? Or would you just write Markdown or the HTML code to actually just make it italicized and bold and have control over it? You you know that I'm a big nerd using a text editor and I would use Markdown exactly. or HTML. And so they gave you what Sections Anywhere Online Store 2.0 or whatever is, is the word GUI tools for an attempt at the word GUI tools for the store owners. For us, it's meaningless. All right, so let's talk, talk about Shopify's approach to theming. They're, really, they're saying, hey, we're going to meet merchants where they are at whatever the, like their current technical skill level, whether it's they're limited by skill, current skill, or that's just all they need. And it's, hey, there's no code, which is I could just, I could install a theme and use the theme editor. And that's where Online Star 2.0 really expands. Yeah, expands the powers there, yeah. Yeah, there's low code where, all right, I could go in the theme editor myself. I don't have to use FTP. I don't have to use a text editor. I could just edit it right in my Shopify store. Yeah. Um, and I could pop a meta field in, and then I can add a custom field. Like, I can make custom fields, and that's low code. And then if I want to go to, like, full code, I can hire a theme developer to customize a the theme, build a custom theme, or completely go, like, full nerd street cred and build use the Shopify headless. hydrogen tools. Yeah. Because Shopify now supports headless on their own with hydrogen framework. Yeah. So we're you're not even logging into the Shopify code back end. You're it's like a thing that you are running on your machine on your servers. And so this idea of online store 2.0 really is like it's that feature set and vision. The themes the have themes to support are it. 2.0 compatible, meaning they have support for some of that low it low code stuff meaning essentially instead of using the old liquid templates the now the templates are now defined in json that's all it is it's a little quicker sure <laughs> my point is i wouldn't get hung up on like this is a 1.0 versus a 2.0 yeah, theme to 90 percent of you it doesn't matter and uh that rollout very quick well if like if you go in the shopify theme store it's going to show you like this is a 2.0 theme Obviously, if you're picking a theme, you want one. Yeah, that's I mean, you don't. You don't up want to date. pick. Yeah, yeah. If you're buying a new theme today, don't go buy a 1.0 theme. You like obviously, the cars theme. from cars from 2020 are better than cars from 2015. But it's not like ugh, cars from 2015, garbage, <laughs> trash. Oh my god! Like it's not that yes, big a deal. Yeah, you're right. No, you know what? That actually is a a pretty good comparison. Um, Edwin Alejandro Ruiz, how do I improve conversion rate? I have 150 visitors per day, but only one to two sales per week. I sell soccer-inspired watches with a social purpose. At footlove.com, F-U-T-L-O-V. Uh, I looked at Foot Club, bef Foot Love, before we started recording, and it's, it's fit and finish issues. It looks cheap and not very trustworthy, and you're selling $200 watches. All right, so I will say when you Google it, They've got the nice search listing. Like in the Google search listing, which I think is important, it looks really nice. The theme itself, good theme, looks good. But like immediately when I land on it, spin to win. Yeah, spin to win. And on the desktop version, the navigation was like off by like 100 pixels to the right and up for like 20 pixels for no reason. There's a tagline on the logo on mobile that's illegible. Yeah, and so, you know, and you click on, and so, okay, so we got the images, which are all kind of boring, not that zoomed in. And then we have all these soccer players. This is cool. From MSL, which is cool. All of those photos on the product pages are like 200 by 200 pixels. They're thumbnail. Okay. The other thing to me, and like, you know, we got all the seals underneath the add to cart button. I don't know, for me, those seals make it look real low rent. I hate those. Oh, really? Yeah. yeah. It, I, just screams, I have... it screams 2002 to me. 
I got mixed feelings about the seals. Trust badges. And the other thing to me is I understand that it's like we have a purpose and we donate all this money. That seems to be the main value proposition of the store is we don't we donate money. But that can't be the entire value prop. The value prop is the watch I'm getting. It's tough because a watch for men, a watch is jewelry. Yeah. Right. Like if if men could wear gemstones the way women would, the Swiss watch industry would not exist. Yeah. I think this site is so close. He's got good product descriptions. He has good photos. He has interesting products. I do like some of these watches. I would wear some of these. But yeah, like this training vest penny, I don't know what that is. It's just like a shirt, like a training shirt. Like the photo, the aspect ratio is all off. It's crushed. So I think the answer is like... It's just these tiny... fit. It's like there's 20 problems on the site that all need to be 5% better. And now your site is 100% better. The Doug Geiger from Can You Handlebar always said to me, 90%, you can get to 90% quality. That's not bad. Getting the last 10% of quality is going to cost you just as much as the first 90% did. And that's what we're seeing here where it's like, all right, you, you, you're at 90%. I need you to get that last 5 to 10% of fixes. I would not give him a 90%. But I don't, I really, I think you're being overly critical. No, I, I think just, there's a, I think there's a handful of things to fix. So it, to me, it's just low effort. All the images are too small. They're broken in some ways. They're squished. It's just, it screams low effort to me. And then it's like, now I'm going to give you 200 bucks for a watch. And like watches are things that break. People know watches that break. You know, there's the, there's the classic like, oh, I got a Rolex. I bought it on the street. Like that thing's, that's going to break in 48 hours. I think the answer, well, it's fit and finish. Yeah. Go through it with a really critical eye. Make a list of like everything that goes like, well, this is why it's not perfect. And then either fix the, fix as much of it you can by yourself. And then if there's anything else, pass it off to a, a theme dev, small task service, whatever. Like it says something. Sebastian Villa is one of the guys wearing the watches. I've heard of that guy. That's, if you said who's Sebastian Villa, I'd be like, that's a guy that plays soccer. I would have that there above be more the fold. Of him. Yeah, like, I know. I was really I was quite shocked when I scrolled to the bottom and discovered like, whoa, he has for real soccer players wearing these watches. Yeah. I would have that above the fold at the top. I think that's what sells it. Uh and and we'll be giving money to kids. Like uh, all right. I'm Paul's like, yeah, I hate kids. I'm father of the year. Do. Don't give them any money. Well, what are they gonna do with money? They're kids. Here's the thing. This bit, you know That's my Paul impression. This baby, great. Lover. Eventually she's gonna be a kid. Some people, some people are like, this car is four years old. I need a new car. I can't deal with it. That's what's going to happen with this baby. I keep collecting old ones. I think this baby gets one year old. We traded it for a newer model. Paul Rita, your heart will grow in love and abundance <laughs> every day with your child. <laughs> it's true. Every day I come in and I'm just like, my baby smiled. Uh, yes, actually. <laughs> and you know, as a parent, I'm like, hey, yeah, mm-hmm. <laughs> know how it goes. No, I think what uh, Edwin here has is is a really strong start. Go through it with a fine tooth comb, and then get the the aspirational part of it. These your your soccer players wearing your watches, the coolest thing. Get that above the fold, um, and you know the fact that you said, "Hey, I've got one fifty visitors today and one to two sales per week." Off to a strong start, right? Like the fact that you're getting sales, getting sales, yeah, that 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 is something. Like, don't discount that. Yeah, and you're a, a watch. A two hundred dollar watch. It's just it's not necess- it's not an impulse purchase. Yeah, so the conversion rate's going to be a little You're never going to have there. a gangbusters conversion rate selling a two hundred dollar item, especially like kind of a commodity item in a watch. Yeah, it, the the chances are anyone buying a two hundred dollar watch already owns one or more watches. This episode was brought to you by the team at Rewind, a trusted Shopify app since 2015. If you're a Shopify partner, join leading agencies like The Taproom, Milk Bottle Labs, BVA, and more in the Rewind Agency Partner Program. You can earn up to $1,000 for recommending Rewind to your clients, and you could rest easy knowing that the hard work you've done for your clients is protected. If you're a merchant, feel confident and enjoy peace of mind that your store is always safe with automated backups. It's like having your very own magic undo button. Learn more by looking up Rewind in the Shopify app store or visit rewind.com. Mention the unofficial Shopify podcast and you'll get your first month free. That's rewind.com. Here we have Dylan West. Uh, what are the best ways to offer free gifts with purchase over X dollars without using Shopify Plus? 
I would love to stop offering free shipping and instead offer a free different gifts at $50, $75, Is Shopify Scripts now not Shopify Plus anymore? No, it's still Shopify Plus. Damn. And Shopify Flow is still Shopify Plus. But I really was quite convinced that in Q1 of this year, Shopify Flow was going to be made available. I thought they were making scripts not plus only anymore. I thought it was flow. I don't know. Yeah. But that would be the way to do but it. But anyway, neither of these apps, both of those apps are plus exclusive yeah. as of right now. Um, is there a way to do it then without those? Is yeah, there, an there app? are There's apps. There's like a free gift for purchase app, right? There are plenty of apps that will do this. There's one that's, I think it's called like Auto Adder. Um, there's a whole bunch of them. All of them are... You know, none is going to be perfect in 100% of scenarios. Um, and you know, you're already complicating it a little bit by it's not just free gift with purchase. It's free gift with purchase, and it's tiered. Which is good. I like Which, that. Uh, yeah, that's a no, really that's brilliant a good, idea. That's the way to do it. No, we agree. And make sure you're communicating that to the customer to get the value of the uh, the average order value bump with this. Yeah, and I really, I, um, I honestly think, what is plus now? Does it depend? No, it's two grand. Two grand a year? 2,000 U.S. a month currently. A month. So I mean, al- they don't give the pricing on the website. I don't yeah, know I'm allowed to say. Yeah, it's 24 grand a year. I mean, I don't know how much Dylan Store makes, but I mean, he could easily pull off an extra 24 grand a year getting this set up properly with the average order average order value bump he would see. Okay, I know what his store is and I would say yeah, yeah, probably. It's just it's the cleanest way to implement it. Yeah, and that's always been my thought is like the stuff you could do with scripts and flow if you that's the core value you just plus. need like a base you, you just need a base level of knowledge with how to manipulate those those are worth twenty four thousand dollars a year you will make money more than 24 grand a year using those things definitely that is the best endorsement for plus i have heard out of you what no i mean it's true i mean i see this the, you, I mean, you lived the, it there's the crap we do with scripts all the time so the answer is uh this is a great idea use an app I don't know which one is the best one. There are several that will do this. Um, The last one I used successfully to do something like this was uh, Pixel Unions. Uh, What's it called? Ultimate Special Offers was the one we used. But there are are many, so I would would look. Uh, Let's see what we got here. Peter White. Peter White from AbstractOcean.com, Tesla aftermarket accessory seller, says, when is the right time to bite the bullet on a 2.0 theme? And then he specified in parentheses, sections anywhere. Which, it's sections everywhere. Or is it anywhere? Who knows? Yeah. Uh, and or how often should you refresh your theme in general, mostly to sweep out old redundant code, if um you have a habit of trying a lot of apps? <laughs> I, I mean, to go back to the car metaphor, it's like, when should I buy a new car? It's like, well, obviously, if your old car, like, doesn't work anymore... But then, but if your old car is working fine, it's like, I don't know, when you get tired of it, like. Which, you know, in practice, I think tends to be three to five years. I think like by four years, just trends change, features change, and old crufty code builds up. So if I just want to give you, like, quantify this, how often, when's the right time, how often to change? Every four years. There you go. Okay. Um, the, and you say, like, when should I upgrade to a, a 2.0 theme, you'll know. I honestly, I, it's. I think you'll know when you've outgrown your theme. Yeah, and I mean, some people get like some people are like my dad, and they just like see like a cool new thing, and they're like, "Well, I gotta have it." Well, why? Was the old one bad? I want the new one. You know what? And like, if that, that could just be it, then that's your, be your business. Reason. Fine. Yeah. Yeah. Go for it. That's how we got a laser disc player. Ooh. <laughs> uh. Did you have Star Wars on Laserdisc? No, we had Christmas Vacation. Oh, wow. That's easily one of my favorite movies. Home Alone. Uh, All right, so we're going with two Christmas movies. And a... Did you make this purchase in November? Get ready for this. And a collection of MC Hammer videos. (laughs) Those came with the Laserdisc player. I don't... It's free gift with purchase. That's what that was. I don't know. That's all I know. To Peter's other question, sweep out old redundant code if you have a habit of trying a lot of apps. I think... Part of your standard operating procedure on uninstalling an app should be email the app support and say, hey, I trialed this app. It's, you know, it, I don't need it at this time, but I want to make sure my theme stays performant. Is there any old code I should know about and need to uninstall? And for a lot of apps, 
either uh, the answer is no, or the code is loaded in a conditional way where like it's not actually ever going to show up on the front end of the store without the app being present. Yeah. But unless you ask or spend, you know, even more time sleuthing, you're not going to know. So you may as well just ask and find out. Um, but yeah, just like consider that part as that's one extra step in I uninstalled a theme. I would also say yeah, frequently go through your themes and uh, or go through your your go review your apps and uninstall the stuff you're not using because that's apps are what have the biggest performance cost. Uh, Justin shook. Now that meta fields are much easier to use and maintain, which would be a better way to build unique product detail pages? Custom dev sections driven by meta fields or separate page templates designed in the site customizer. Site customizer. Meta fields. Like this whole thing where we're making 10 different page templates for 10 different products. Like, brutal. Done. Do not do that anymore. Because, yeah, the problem with that is, you know, let's say we've got uh, the previous question. Hey, I want to upgrade my theme. When should I upgrade my theme? If all of that content is built into custom page templates stored in the theme, you then need to recreate all of that when you make the new theme versus if you had stored it all in meta fields, you just need to add the meta fields into one template and then it populates. Yeah. So like, that's a really good illustration of why yeah. you should marry yourself to meta fields and like sections anywhere and everywhere to re to get the anywhere part out of it. Again, you got to be using meta fields. Yeah. Because if it's, otherwise in, it's going to start duplicating the same content. Yeah. Cause it's just lives. If it just lives inside the template, it's not going to be anywhere else than outside than inside that template. And so it can't be everywhere. It can only be in that template. Title of this episode is now Metafields, Metafields, Metafields. <laughs> uh, Sandra Klein. I'd love to hear tips on sections anywhere. How to utilize them in product pages. And the answer is start with Metafields. <laughs> you it's, so, hard, it's hard for me to give an answer on this because... I know, it's like, yeah, I, you're like, I, I need a, I want to I start with Photoshop. What should I use it for? Yeah. Well, I mean, it's like sections, it's a tool, right? Here's the thing. Sections Anywhere kind of doesn't live up to the hype in that if you're building these sections using the customizer tool, all that stuff is still showing up on every single page. It's not, you're not making different product pages. You're just building out product pages. You have to, with then within that customer tool, the actual content inside the blocks you're moving around has to be populated by meta fields in order for it to be different on every single product. Yeah, that's the thing that people don't get get about sections everywhere when they first when they hear about it. Yeah. It's like it they think it'll I'm gonna work the way you think, think assuming you're using meta fields. Yeah, they think that I'm gonna create a block, a section block in the tool that says like this is the best product ever. And then I'm gonna go to this other product and type in this is the second best product ever. No, you're not. That this is the best product ever is not going to show up on every single thing unless, that uses that block. unless that's a meta field that's on the product page that says like subtitle or whatever that you're then putting in there. Yeah. So, all right, here's an easy way to look at it. If you stored that content in the theme editor in that block, that piece of content now is attached to that block wherever that block lives. Yep. Versus if that block pulls from a meta field, ah, now it's dynamic. Yeah. Okay. And so that's, yeah, that's where the disconnect comes from. So if you wrap your head around that, you're good to go. Uh, Jimmy Hickey asks, are you guys or any of the brands you work with diving into the world of NFTs and Web 3.0? I hope you're making like a barf noise. <laughs> I'm not. I had something else I was going to do. <laughs> uh, we did have a client that did an NFT, right? We did. Uh, how did that go? Uh, it was mired in technical problems. <laughs> it didn't go amazing. They did eventually sell all of them that they had minted. And they were cool. No, they're not. Okay, but by NFT, <laughs> they like fit the idiocy. The the style of NFTs. I don't know. You can hear my thoughts about NFTs on Clubhouse this week. <laughs> Clubhouse. Yeah, how's Clubhouse going? I don't know. Uh, I mean, at least with Beanie Babies, you had something. I had a thing in my hand. Beanie Baby. Did you watch the Beanie Baby documentary? My wife did. I caught pieces of it. I, she watched it. I caught pieces of it because I was in the metaverse. Oh, you were with time. my wife. She watched it. My wife. <laughs> uh, and we're married to different women, to be clear. <laughs> no, I, I, I ended up watching the thing. It was really interesting. It's like e-commerce lore. 
I encourage people to watch the Beanie Baby. Oh, documentary. you got it. I mean, the I don't know it. It's very stupid. It was very exciting. A lot of fun. Yeah, it turns out the guy who uh, Ty Ty Warner, he's a monster. Who ran? Who was who created Beanie Babies? Uh, I thought the internet was a passing fad. <laughs> that was really really a stunner. Uh, it was the community that drove that whole thing. Anyway, so NFTs. No. Yeah, it's a con job. It's meaningless. It's Meta- people money laundering. Metaverse? Oh, yeah, metaverse. What's that? VR, kind of? I don't know. What's the metaverse? Just making up words now. You know, it's funny is that how quickly uh, they turned on Web 3.0. Like that, I think that Web 3.0 term came and went. Web 3.0 existed for about four months. If yeah. you look at the Google Trends, it didn't exist until August. And now we're done. Yeah. Now we're on metaverse. Because it was really... it. I, true or not, it was exposed as like VCs trying to rebrand crypto. Pretty yes, that's exactly as Web three Yeah, and so they're like, we're gonna just that's gonna go away. It's just we're just making up Meta, words. Metaverse has not gone away. It's all just making up words to make stupid people give us money. That's all it is. <sighs> no, we had a single client who sold who did an NFT once. Now and and every, I don't and, have any clients who accept crypto. And everyone told them they were idiots, right? No, I don't. I honestly, I don't know. Like it was like, but <laughs> I was like, that was a thing we did. Moving on. <laughs> Try really, I don't know. Like I don't think it. I don't know that it it lived up to expectation. But I, I'm not sure. Shopify supports NFTs. Great. What does that mean? There's an NFT program. What does that mean? I don't know. Yeah, there you go. I that's, don't know anymore. That's what I'm just going to keep going anytime anyone might. What does that mean? My and tokens. What does that mean? And they'll be like, there's a number that says a JPEG. I control the number attached to that JPEG. My tokens oh, wow. are getting funged. Great. That's great. Ah! No, you can't. Like, how many people? More practical than this would just be accept crypto as a payment. And that, like, I don't really see either. I know there's stores that do it. But, like, why don't you just see mass adoption of crypto as a payment in Shopify stores? They support it. Because it's too complex. It doesn't make any sense. And most people don't actually have crypto. And because the idiots that do see it as an investment vehicle. And the transaction fees are brutal. One crypto transaction fee is an American household's energy usage for two months. Yeah. See, the environmental cost of crypto concerns me. (laughs) Uh, And if you have crypto thoughts, share those with Paul, not me. (laughs) I'm just going to block you. <laughs> Do you have NFT muted on Twitter yet? No, I did a thing where um, Bitcoin, crypto, or NFT, I have an extension that does a text replacement and replaces them with Beanie Babies. <laughs> I remember you mentioning this, and it's still funny. Yeah, it's just like, new funding round for Beanie Baby investments. It's like, mm-hmm, that's what they did. My I- issue is I, I, have, I still don't see practical implementation of anything. The practical implementation is I made a bunch of money in Bitcoin because it went up. And so now I have all this money and I don't want to pay taxes on it. So now I'm going to launder it into something else. That's what it is. I'm not disagreeing with you. (laughs) Peter White. Peter White from Abstract Ocean is now considering going back into Amazon FBA. There's zero doubt it would increase our revenue, if not our margin, and potentially reduce the stress we're getting from our 3PL. We hear from other sellers that tell us Amazon is easier to work with now and listing hijackings are less common. Customers are constantly reminding us they could get the product you know, product XYZ from Amazon in a day for free. Is dealing with the Amazon devil smart or should we just double down on our own operation if increasing revenue is the goal? I, I think if, if your fulfillment operations could support it, and your product is not something like bespoke and configured and weird, you know, it's very straightforward or I could just buy it, Um, then why not give yourself more exposure and opportunity and use the the various marketplace sales channel that Shopify is integrate with and plug it in. Like you can attach all kinds of marketplaces to Shopify. Like Walmart, you can sell on walmart.com really easily. You can sell on Amazon, Etsy. Um, So- to me, I think the most important thing is that last sentence is if increasing revenue is the goal. It so makes it sound like... If it's just straight top-line revenue, sure, go for it. Yeah. Might not see that increase in profit, though. Yeah. And, like, long-term, there's, like, the worries there. 
And clearly he was on Amazon before and it was a bad enough experience where he went, this isn't worth the hassle. The other one is um, you really bring yourself, expose yourself to, you attract competitors. I mean, I with I, it when you're successful on Amazon, it's I, a double-edged sword. I want us to stay ideologically consistent on this show. And I mean, before we've kind of been like, hey, yeah, you probably want to get off Amazon. It's probably not the best idea for you long-term. I, well, I, and now yeah, he mentioned it. You- he said, hey, you know, it's um, like that you could hear it in the way he phrased it. They were on it and left. And he said, other sellers tell us they're easier to work with now meaning they were not easy to work with before. And And listing hijackings, which is a real nightmare. Are um, less common. They still happen. Not handled. Yeah, it's like someone thinks they're buying your thing, and instead someone else fulfills it with something else. The customer has no idea, and and they're like, your product's garbage. What's your problem? Does he, I mean, uh, Pete sells Tesla parts, stuff for your Tesla. Yeah. Like cool Tesla accessories. Are people saying to him, they can get it from Amazon in a day for free. I assume it's a different product than his specifically, or is he like drop shipping some of that? The he sells stuff. It's like you know, um, you know, I've got like this keychain cover. Yeah. The Tesla key. The Tesla key fob is notoriously stupid. Yeah. And so he's got like a a nice uh, holder for it. And I have one of those. I like it. But he's not the only guy who sells Tesla keychains. Yeah. Right. I mean, in my head, it's sort of, I mean, again, he just wants to make more money. He wants to make more straight top line revenue money. Then the answer is, yeah. Case, go start, to town. Yeah, yeah. Put it everywhere. But I feel like for that kind of stuff, and he sells a lot of other stuff, like cool accessories holders that go in your cup holder and like various Tesla specific items that I assume there's also Chinese factories pumping out other Tesla-specific items. And in my mind, the actual answer to those people is, then go buy the Amazon one. It's crap. Mine's not. Ooh, I like that. Also, like, oh, they'll ship it to me in a day. How fast do you need this? Yeah. but And, and so it's sort of like... Can he make his fulfillment faster? Yeah, like might he's be trying one. to convince himself to get back on Amazon. It sounds like you don't want to do it. Yeah. And I mean, no offense to Pete, I I don't feel like he has a very high margin business. I might be wrong. I might be totally wrong. Now they may, they get some of that stuff manufactured. Yeah. Right if you just want to make one number bigger, I guess go on Amazon. But I am not convinced it's going to make his overall business healthier. I think the the short answer is it depends. I it, it, to me it just it really just smells like he's struggling with the idea and like is looking for someone to give him permission to do it. And, I always, and that could mean that he actually doesn't want to do it. So I, in those situations, that's when I, I ask myself, what would someone smarter than me do? And it's by reframing it. And I've seen articles about like various ways to ask the same thing. But it's essentially like if you're giving someone else advice on a problem versus you're thinking through the identical problem for yourself, you'll probably have two different ideas on you versus what you tell them. And the advice you give someone else is usually better than what you yourself do. So you reframe it in the third person. What would someone smarter than me do? And usually you'll find you already knew the answer, right? Go with that. I don't know. Pete, go with your gut on this one. Yeah, we like you, Pete. Like you're, you're, Pete's one of our clients. Yeah, I like Pete. We like Pete. And I like Tesla accessories. You could have just brought this to us privately. Yeah. I don't know why he had to make our I like the content relationship public. <laughs> thank you thank you for working with us in public pete all right we will end it there and in our next episode we're going to discuss the top trend shaping 2022 and beyond and the recommendations you need to build a brand that lasts i copied that from the meta description for the shopify trends report yeah for 2022 shopify released this like 170 page report it's, it's really good and uh we got to read it uh and we'll talk to you about it after we read it yeah, I mean, you could go download it now and check it out if you want. Or we'll give you uh, our highlights from it next week. And, of course, we would love to hear your thoughts on this episode. So please join our Facebook group, Unofficial Shopify Podcast Insiders, and talk to us. Privy is the fastest way to grow sales with email and SMS. You could build your list, save abandoned carts, send money-making emails and texts, and more, all in one place. Plus, you'll get coaching and support from e-commerce experts no matter where you start. 
Privy is the number one rated sales app on Shopify and has helped merchants deliver over 7 billion in online sales. Join the thousands of merchants growing with Privy by signing up for a free 15-day trial today. Just head over to privy.com slash unofficial Shopify to get started. That's P-R-I-V-Y dot com slash unofficial Shopify. If you'd like to help us spread the joy of entrepreneurship, please give us a five-star review and tell your friends to subscribe. If you're listening on a smartphone, tap or swipe up over the cover art of this podcast. You'll find some episode notes, including links to sites we discussed, and maybe some details you missed. You'll also find offers from our sponsors. So please support our show by supporting them. And thank you. The unofficial Shopify podcast was recorded and hosted by me, Kurt Elster, produced by my business partner, Paul Rita, for our Shopify partner agency, EtherCycle. Check us out at EtherCycle.com. Thanks for listening.